Welcome to the latest edition of the Foxy Digital's podcast. I'm Brad Rose. How's everybody doing? Hope your week's going okay. Continuing to hang in there, continuing to make it through. Uh, everything is quite good here, I guess. I mean, as good as can be. Had the opening performance last week of my new exhibition, The Sound Leaves, at Philbert Museum. And then the installation part of it actually opened on Wednesday. So, yeah, it was amazing. It was like one of the best times I think I've ever had in Tulsa doing anything that was like music or art related. Saturday was just pure chaos and joy. Um, we had this had huge leaf pile and I had a bunch of mics set up around it and contact mics buried underneath. And a bunch of kids just went crazy and had the best time in it. And, and there were adults in it too, you know, walking through, making sound. And I was kind of mixing it live and... And uh, the recordings that we captured, which uh, I shout out to Natty Gray Watson of Cult Love because he helped me with that and are so good. And so then I took those and then composed like this 26 minute piece that is now installed on site that you can go and hear um, through the month of November if you happen to be in Tulsa. I'm just super proud of it. It was amazing. I, yeah, I was on the news for it last week too. I can't remember if I mentioned that. Uh, on last week's episode, maybe I did, but, um, yeah, it was really good. And if you, if you are on the Patreon or if you're not, you should, you could join. I put together like a recap with a bunch of pictures and then I'll, I'm going to share the composition over there. Um, and then once I get a video put together, cause Natty also shot a bunch of video and there was also a film crew out there. Um, I'll share that stuff over there, but it was amazing. I got, I really hope I can do more of that stuff next year. Um, I have a lot of ideas in that vein. And so now it's just a matter of figuring out how to make them happen. All right, elsewhere. A uh, bunch of new stuff out today. I'm going to mention three of them that I'm really excited about. Well, there's actually four, but one of them is the album of the day or album of the week. Um, so Nisi Blue's Exit Simulation is out on Cranky today. It is full stop one of my favorite records of 2023. They are just, they're doing something in a way that I haven't really heard before. Um, taking a lot of, Maybe a lot of like sound worlds and things that I have I am familiar with and putting them through a prism that is kind of not familiar to me and the thing the music and the sounds and the ideas that come out the other side are so unique and beautiful and just like it, it gets me in my feels oh my it's it's so good I love it so um and then Patrick Shirishi's I was too young to hear silence on American Dreams. Also out today, most listeners of this podcast are familiar with Patrick's work. I'm sure this one's this one's like all Patrick's stuff is worth hearing is really good. This one feels extra special. Like it was recorded one night, like live improvisations in a parking garage in LA. And there's just this, I don't know, the the feeling of it is so engaging that it's one of those records that as soon as I put it on, it just kind of stops me and like I, I can't. I have to just stop and really listen to it and be with it. And it's really beautiful and really wonderful. Um, and I love Patrick and, um, 
quick plug here. Patrick was this week's guest on Songs of Our Lives, and it's such a fun episode. And next week's guest is Nisi Blues. So how about that? Uh, and if you join, again, join the Patreon, you can hear both of them, the extended versions of each episode, right now. How about that? And then the other thing that came out today, uh, that's out today, I think maybe it kind of came out yesterday, but it's out today, uh, is Lucy Railton's Corner Dancer on Modern Love. Modern Love continues to be one of the best labels in the entire world. And this record is phenomenal because, I mean, that's not that surprising because Lucy Railton's stuff is awesome. But this one, it's really good. Um, yeah. And if you still haven't heard the Mary Jane Leach record that Modern Love put out earlier this year, get on that. And so those are all available through Boomcat and links in the show notes, all of that. Okay. So going to get to the album of the week here in a minute. And after that, uh, a conversation with Matt Worth of Revenge International, where we talk about the new Pauline Anna Strom box set reissues, um, new album, like new old album, unearthed album. And I'm speaking of things that are just crucial. Like if you, if you haven't heard the Pauline Anna Strom record, those three records, it's, do yourself a favor. Like they're, they're, they're just like really important records. I don't know. I have just such great, great memories of when I first discovered them and having my mind just sort of broken open a little bit. And it's, it's yeah, really great music. And Paul, Pauline was a really, it's a unique figure. Just really somebody who I might, I might just, very much their own had their own thing that is so special. I don't know. Matt talks about it a lot more and it's, it was, I was really excited to have the conversation so we could just give the late great Pauline Anastrom some love. But first let's talk about this week's album of the week, which is from Lao now. It is called, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. It's not called. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I'm going to pronounce the name wrong. I think it's effortless, effortless. I don't know. It is on beacon sound and phonal and I got a lot of feelings, a lot of things to say about Lara now Kareen and, um, but on the other side of this little musical. So, Laura Nalkarinen, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Lao Now, is one of the greatest composers of the last 20 years or so. Like, full stop. I, her body of work, it just, it kind of leaves my jaw on the floor sometimes. It's, yeah, she's, she's so gifted. Um, and Aphrilis just continues to, it like reaffirms that statement in spades. So following on from five by four from earlier this year, which is also on Beacon Sound, um, this album turns in a really different direction and it's somewhat familiar, of course, because Lara has written 
definitely done a lot more song-based works plenty of times before. Um, but even so, this music is elevated like in approach and complexity, emotional depth, connection, but also in the way that it feels, it feels like this series of sort of timeless lullabies that are sung by the spirits in the clouds. And it like lifts us up into this sort of safe and warm space that's high above all of the turmoil and all of the darkness that's happening on the ground. Like sonically everything, like the string arrangements and the, the melodies and the sort of kind of fractured way it's put together. Like it all just feels so like amiable and gentle, but it's laced with this gravity that suggests like we're, we're not completely lost. Hope still exists. Like we still matter in the face of so much telling us that we don't. And she says about the album, she says one of the quotes in the liner notes is that the album wants to propose that at the moment of crisis, there is a possibility to influence the histories by our choices. And it's, you feel that in this music. And in the words too, which the lyrics are sung in Finnish, but, um, I don't know if it's, if you download, I don't know if, or if it's in the, like in, in the physical, like in the LP, if there's like a booklet or something, but in the press kit, they had the lyrics translated to English and they're really beautiful. And they're sometimes haunting. There's some of my favorite lines. There was one that's the strings are tuned to the wind playing dissonant chords, which I think is a really, uh, um, this next one has stuck with me ever since I read it. And I can't, every time I read it, I get chills and choked up a little bit, but, um, the light echoes in the room when you're gone, you're gone. The sound leaves a trace. Again, this is, <laughs> she's one of the greats, man. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. But so there's also moments where one of my, another one of my favorite lines in here, it kind of, it's like where these sort of, it embodies this idea of like, you know, these simple things that we kind of take for granted can sort of become these profound reflections. And so one of the lines is hear how the light, or hear how light the sound is in the forest. Spiders are weaving their webs, connecting us to each other. And that just embodies something that is, I think about all the time. And, and, and the, the way, well, at least this is the way I read it. It's like the, the way that sound is this, can be this sort of connective tissue for people, like between people, between, you know, and I, my, sort of tagline as I sign off on the show is the sound is for everyone. And I truly believe that. And I think this music embodies that. I think every moment on this album is something to hold on to and to take and just be with. It is unbelievable. I love it so much. Um, yeah. Lao now. One of the best.
Okay, so uh, yeah, the next thing here we got this, like I said, this conversation with Matt Worth, who is the head honcho, <laughs> brains behind Revenge International, which has been one of the coolest labels for a long, long time, and one of the things that Matt and Revenge have done that is so important is kind of bring the work of Pauline and Astrom. I don't say bring it back, maybe kind of bring it back, but like share it, bring it up, like share it with a bunch more people who probably never heard it before. Um, and this new four LP box echoes spaces and lines feels like the culmination of that. Um, so echoes spaces and line collects Transmillennia consort plot zero and specter, which those are the first three albums uh, that Pauline made back in the eighties. And then there's a fourth album that, so when Pauline passed and there were lots of tapes from my understanding and um, I don't, Matt's going to tell the story. I'm not going to get into it, but there's, there's a fourth LP um, that is on here called oceans of tears, which had never been heard before. It was recorded in 82 and 83 it's only available on vinyl um and cd i think yeah it's only like on physical media and it's also good it's also important i don't know i can't i can't talk this stuff up enough like if you haven't heard it now's the time to hear it but i'm gonna let matt talk more about that because he yeah so here we go All right, my guest today is Matt Worth from Revenge International, and they have a, well, I guess a new box set plus three, I don't know how to describe it. It's a box set and individual LPs of Pauline Anastrom's music coming out, um, and she is probably one of my all-time favorite artists, so I'm excited to talk about it. So, Matt, first of all, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on this show, Brad. So... The obvious place to start, I guess, at least for me, is when did you first come across her music? And do you remember, like, when you first heard, like, how you felt or what you thought? Yeah. Um, well, this was early on in, um, I guess, like, blogging times uh, <laughs> uh, when Waxidermy kind of ruled the outer space of um, exploring weird private press yeah. uh, records, uh, that site becoming quite legendary and its forum becoming even more legendary, I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was one of the few places online that had posted anything about Pauline Anastrom. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I came across the Waxoderm Waxidermy post in, I don't know, like 2010 or something like that. Um, and I don't know what I was looking for, but like my ears were kind of already tuned to, you know, uh, Cosmic music and uh, maybe like the more German version of like ambient music mm -hmm. at the time. Um, I wasn't like totally clued in to like all the amazing American new age music that was privately pressed. 
but this fell directly in that category. And I think for me, the, the artwork immediately drew me in. This was for Transmillennia Consort, Mm -hmm. um, which is Pauline's first album. Uh, and it's just this undeniable, um, uh, illustration by Karma Moffat. Um, and that was enough for me to take the free, free ride of, you know, (laughs) pressing play on the, 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 the MP3 or whatever was posted there. Yeah. That all sounds very familiar. I remember it was probably waxidermy. I, I was, this, it was around the time, like I was really obsessed with all the Creel, the Creel Pone stuff that was coming out. Like, cause that was, and so I, but I wanted more. I was like, okay, well this is like one person's lens, but I know there's more out there. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing that cover and I did, I knew nothing about it, but I was like, Oh, this is this is what I want. Like I know that this is gonna be it, and yeah, 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 totally. It, uh, it really is a portal that 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 illustration, and I think remains so uh, iconic and important to Pauline's, you know, uh, to to entering Pauline's world. Um, I even yeah. remember going to local record stores and asking about that record. Um, you know, asking by the name Pauline Anastrom and then people being like, no, I've never heard of it. And then asking about <laughs> the cover and some people were like, oh yeah, I think I've seen that around. Um, and eventually wow. I did find it in a bin. Oh, wow. Park. Yeah. Oh man. That's wow. Amazing. Um, so from there, like how did you first get in touch with her or, you know, meet her to start to work with her? Well, that waxidermy post was quite um, fruitful, I suppose, because in the comments, someone that knew Pauline through, I guess, a pen pal uh, relationship, or I guess a a telephone uh, pen pal relationship, had been in touch with uh, Paula and had posted something to the effect of, um, you know, I just want to let everyone here know that Paula or Pauline um, you know, uh, appreciates all the attention to her music. I'm in touch with her. She's doing well. She wants to, she wants to make new music. And I was like, Oh God, that's like, (laughs) this person's in touch with this, this other person. And I got in touch with, um, James was, was their name. And, um, they gave me Paula's number. Oh, wow. (laughs) I think I just came across in a very sincere, uh, way of, you know, uh, I just wanted to really get in touch with her and talk to her about her music. And James was uh, gracious and gave me her, gave me Pauline's number. That's amazing. And, and, and amazing. I can't even imagine like from her perspective, this random person calling her. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think she was getting random calls, you know, from, yeah. from people uh, that, that appreciated her music. Uh, and that was the way you could find her. She would put her, a, a card in the, her records. And, uh, so, mm-hmm. so I know people that have found copies of her first three records with, uh, a calling card basically. So, but yeah, the, the interest was not really there and she was not aware of it because she was not online. Right. So, okay. So from there, I guess, 
like how, where to go from there? Obviously, I guess the first thing you all you did was the Transmillennium music, right? The right. Well, that took a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're saying this was 2010 or so, exactly. and that came out what 2017? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it was really six years of me, like quietly nudging <laughs> the idea, uh, essentially like winning Paula's trust and becoming yeah. a, becoming a friend before becoming a, you know, someone that she wanted to do business with or, you know, um, and you know, the collection came together immediately after that because I was so eager. Um, right. But it came with the condition from Paula that it's, was accompanied by new music eventually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we kind of had a simultaneous task and track to um, find uh, equipment for her. She'd sold her synthesizers mm -hmm. years before we were in touch and uh, get her back in the groove of, of playing music. So she hadn't really been, had she not really been playing like all these? Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. And then yeah. to say, I mean, the record that came was at 2021 and that it's, I mean, it's such an unbelievable record too. Um, yeah. It's a wild man. one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. God. Yeah. That was, uh, that was like two, two, two decades plus of her waiting, <laughs> you know, to, right. for, for the moment, um, for the moment and for the, appreciation that came from the compilation i think that like really kind of like uh in empowered her uh engendered her to like to 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 um focus on, on making new music and creating yeah i mean i can't i didn't do stuff for about four years and when i got back into it, it just was like this flow i can't even imagine like 20 years right, <laughs> of, right. i mean that's that's amazing um well that that kind of leads us to the the new like the box set and the which the box set is the three first records plus the the quote unquote new i mean it's unreleased an unreleased old new record we'll get into that but um what's it been like working on these reissues because those three records are so they're just these like to me they're these really vital important records so what's it been like I'm so glad. Yeah. I held, I hold them in the same esteem that you do. Um, you know, they, they are, uh, sacraments of, of sorts. Um, and you know, we kind of had pushed aside the idea that we would ever be able to like properly release these albums because in Paula's mind, the reels were totally gone. Um, mm or maybe she just, she really did not give a shit about the past. She was, <laughs> you know, she was just kind of like, yeah, they, they, they may be out there somewhere, but like, do we really have to like focus on the past and, and be like, yeah, Paula, let's, <laughs> this is part of the entire thing. She was, she just had a very, uh, you know, she had, she had a very specific, uh, view of, of her her how she wanted her music to be represented and she wasn't dismissive mm -hmm. of the past she just was very future focused um mm -hmm. and we eventually found the original multi-tracks 
via Peter Buffett, who had uh, engineered and had, had mixed the uh, first three records. Wow. Yeah, he was like, we've been in touch around the collection uh, to see if he had the original uh, tapes. And at that point, he didn't. And then <laughs> sometime after the collection came out, of course, he was like, yeah, I found these old reels. I they met they may have something on them, and yeah, they they were the, they were the multi tracks for all the the records. So, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, which is wild. And we were like, okay, well now we can, I I can right. bring this back to Paula, and I can say we have this is this is you know this is like the the good stuff. And she was like, okay, let's let's do it. Like I'm I'm down. Um, I started speaking with Marta Salagni, who is a, um, a producer who works, an uh, engineer and producer who works in uh, London and that we've worked with before uh, for Holly Herndon and the Crush Adult Records. So a, a friend of the label. And I was like, are you, do you like Pauline Anastrom? You know, do you know her music? And she was like, she like, was like i can't believe you're bringing this up I, i'm like listening to her music right now i was like so uh wow yeah it was, it was a really cosmically aligned moment and she <laughs> she yeah she she signed on immediately and um she and paula started talking about the vision for the you know uh remixing these these records mm -hmm. and um yeah so uh Work work started in I, I guess like the end of uh, 2020, near the end of 2020, as we were also getting together the um, her Paula's new record Angel Tears and Sunlight, and um, and then Paula Paula passed away, um, yeah, as we were sending new mixes for oh my God. for the records, uh, and it was yeah I mean obviously like a huge shock and loss and. Major right. void suddenly appeared, and right. um, we went ahead and released Angel Tears and Sunlight because we had already announced it, and it just felt like the best way to immediately celebrate Paula's mm -hmm. life um, in 2021. But we took a big pause on working on these reissues, um, just to grieve and right, you know, to to just take a. A, a deep breath and um assess a lot to process <laughs> it was I mean, yeah. yeah yeah and not that we couldn't have processed through her music but sure it needed to be at a different time and place and that different time and place ended up being in stinson beach california where our friend jeremy has a studio beautiful um studio on the ocean uh called panorama and uh we uh jeremy also was kind of like a conduit for uh us to paula uh in san francisco when we when i couldn't be there so he had a relationship with paula and actually ended up adopting paula's lizards oh um, wow yeah uh and moved them out to the studio uh on, on, the, on the coast uh so uh, we all can convened there. Marta was working separately in London um, and uh, spent a week uh, not only working on the mixes for the album, um, but also transferring hundreds of cassettes 
that Paula had clearly not re remembered, but that, that we found in her apartment. Um, wow. And that's where we found uh, uh, the, uh, the unheard record was, 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 was there. Wow. So when you found, was it like, was it a, uh, like on these tapes, was it organized in a way that it was like, this is a record or was this like, there's just all this stuff and we're going to, you know, kind of put together a record or some combination of the two. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you do when you have like literally hundreds of tapes with all oh, of the original multi-tracks they were because Paula used like a port of the studio or some sort of Tascam uh, mm. consumer four track. And that's what these were. It was like all the original uh, cassette um, uh, multi-tracks for Transmillennia Consort, Spectra, Plot Zero, plus uh, how, <laughs> however many t tons of songs right. that there were. But we saw, we found one cassette that was labeled Oceans of Tears and it looked, it was sequenced. It was, it looked like she maybe was going to send it off to like have duplicated. Um, mm. And we were like, this, this is a record. Like this is yeah. pa Paula clearly kind of like put this together as a sequence, a selection in sequence. And we had the cassette multi-tracks. So all we had to do was kind of like find them on the different cassettes and then um, transfer them. And then Marta uh, mixed that record as well. So she, she, wow. yeah. So yeah, kind of wild and a little nerdy and technical here, but uh you know, the, the wealth of, of music was truly astounding. Um, I can, yeah, I can, I, this is something I think about all the time, just like with my music and my, and I think about my kid, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure. This is, <laughs> like someday. Yes. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I've have, I've hard drives full of stuff and it's, I'm not organized at all. Um, but that's mm. separate note. So where <laughs> did the, um, where did the, where did the art for ocean of tears come from? Yeah, so the art for Ocean of, Oceans of Tears and for these revised um, album covers for Spectra and Plot Zero are all Karma Moffat, who did the um, nice. illustration for Transmillennia Consort that we were talking about and that drew us into Paula's world. Yeah, all the I was looking at the pictures of it like earlier of the box set and just all those covers are incredible. Um, he is his own amazing kind of mysterious person i don't know if you spent any time with his music or um a little it's been reissued recently a, a bunch of it's come out and it's it's super cool it's very um he works a lot with like uh tibetan bulls and um kind of like long droning um pieces it's it's, it's cool he's he's really far out do you know how they knew each other that was a totally random connection. Um, it's a good story around the cover art for Transmillennia Consort, the two proprietors of the label that put out Paula's first record uh, on a label called Ethership, um, or Ethership, I guess, uh, saw that illustration hanging in a window in the uh, in. Uh, in San Francisco, in uh, in Haight Air Ashbury, and this was studio uh, Karma's studio. So mm. they went and knocked on the door, and they were like, "We'd like to use that <laughs> that illustration." 
for for our cover uh and he he was totally fine with it i mean who who knows you know like paula um very much knew like what the artwork looked like i mean was able to visualize it in her mind right. um via like descriptively like we we you know even for like angel tears and sunlight it was kind of like she gave us the 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 picture in her mind of what she wanted it to to look like and and we told her what it looked like and she was like it sounds you know it's it's beautiful like she, she was very yeah. com- confident that like the visual uh, representation or manifestation of her vision and her music um yeah like uh was was accurate to her description um so that was always interesting to like work with her um album artwork you know yeah i can imagine that's and that you know it's when i when her her music is so like it's so transportive but it's like rich and detailed like it's these fully formed worlds and it's like like it's music that i feel like when i listen to it it's like i you see these words like you know i mean it's like you and it's yeah so it's like thinking about her and thinking it's just i don't know it all feels like there's this there's this aspect of her work and her music to me it feels impossible that it's real because it's so incredible and so like all of these things and then like hearing these stories about you know like they saw this like it all feels it's like all of this stuff, like there's this cosmic thing, you know, not to get like all spiritual and stuff, but it feels so it's like, this is how this was. These things were like meant to be and meant to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that kind of like, um, timeless, placeless quality, uh, that you mm-hmm. may experience around her world envisioning or building, um, is very much in line with kind of where she felt her, place was or her placelessness uh she really didn't connect with our contemporary times our our modern times Mm -hmm. she felt a little bit she felt more in line with an ancient kind of um self she she felt that she was a you know a a a conduit a a immediate a medium from a different time Mm -hmm. um and really specifically kind of like a, a prehistoric um mm. a- ancient time so yeah uh i think that comes through in her music uh very much like there's there's uh it's it's quite uh yeah it's 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 quite visual but like it has uh so many qualities of uh nature and uh nature's place within our expanding um universe and uh yeah even some like creatures make cameos in her music um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean yes yeah, i yeah i don't know man she's like she's one of a kind i can't yeah. even I, yeah um were, were i imagine were there times where you didn't think these were going to happen oh yeah <laughs> for sure i <laughs> yeah especially i mean during the that first like whatever six years of um yeah of of building that trust with with Paula, it was I, I think I'd basically given up at one point, and then on a whim, like in that whatever year six or seven, I called Paula just as like it maybe had been like a few months, and I, I'd call it. I called her, and I was like, 
I think I just called her and I was like, how's it going? How's it going? Like, like no motive whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's, it's going well. Do you still want to do those records that you've been talking about for, <laughs> for years? I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm ready. Like, let's, let's do this. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think once we established that trust and especially once like we put the effort into like, um, enabling Paula to like make new music. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm in for, for anything right. you want to do, you know? So, uh, awesome. yeah, That's that awesome. was, that was hugely validating to have her, um, her trust. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Well, and I just, I think helping facilitate her being able to make new music, like, that's huge that like just ha- having that r- new record out there like come out and getting to hear like you said like these 20 years of built up ideas and em- feelings and emotions all the things is man like <laughs> that's one of those things is like down the road if the label doesn't exist anymore like you can look back on that and be like I help make this happen. And like, this is this really important thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad it, <laughs> it translates uh, because I, I do. Yeah. It felt very important to me to serve her, her vision. And um, yeah, I think that like it was, it was just shocking to hear that music, you know, like it, it was honestly, and like to hear, like it was just so contemporary. It was like, Paula, you have just always been so far ahead of like everything, right. you know? Um, yeah. And it just came so naturally. To, yeah. To I mean that, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that really shocked me when I heard of it. it was and knowing kind of, you know, some of the history and stuff was just like, yeah, you could tell me this was, you know, some 20 year old kid, like making some really, and I'd be like, okay, not somebody who hadn't been doing anything for 20 years and had been is in a totally different, like non contemporary music world or whatever. Totally. Um, yeah. I remember and, sending a piece to Dan LePatton like right away because I was like, this is Pauline and Estrom's new music. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, <laughs> he was sh- like shocked. Like, but I, I mean, I was also hearing Dan, like Dan in her music, but like, I knew she had no like right. reference, you know, like, right. It was, yeah. So like you said, like it, it does feel like, yeah, this could be any contemporary producer or. And at the same time, like it couldn't be anybody else. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think that speaks to what you were saying or how, I mean, it, how she was just sort of tapped into this timeless spirit that just sort of not many people can feel. Yeah. Like and and um yeah. What just to kind of wrap up and this is maybe a hard question, but like what's her what do you what in your mind, like what's her legacy? Oh man. Yeah, there are <laughs> layers to that for sure. I mean, of course, like there's the music, um, which like I feel people are st- starting to like 
you know, it, it's it's starting to to make its way to to further corners of, of the listening worlds. Um, mm-hmm. And but I do think that it has the potential to like go even further than it has so far. Um, it's you know, like I think the quality of, of the music uh, or yeah is is by my standards like so like uh inclusive and universal but i also like realize that like it's it may not be for for everyone like so my version of like <laughs> you know how, yeah. how universal it is it, it may just grow like incrementally and not exponentially and i think that's fine i think that mm-hmm. that would also be fine with with paula and like i kind of have to keep paula's like vision in mind with everything that we do uh to preserve and protect her legacy you know that's going to be so important as like her mortal representative her (laughs) her 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 mortal steward um and i i do feel like her legacy is bound to um you know this this music this catalog of music but um also like you know her her philosophies of um you know um uh being being an autonomous artist being an autonomous human um she you know there were she had like i said kind of like a very specific way with the world and um I have her her voice, her kind of like cantankerous voice, um, in my you know in my mind, like on my shoulder, um, you know, and I think that's will always like ensure that her legacy is as true to her um, personality <laughs> and her her vision as possible. So, yeah, I you know um, she left a lot of great ideas. Um, <laughs> She left a lot of permission um, before she passed away, and I've I've kept note of all of, all of that. And there are ideas that she had that I really want to see happen. Like I want to I want to I want to make them happen, even though they were like yeah. totally insane. Like <laughs> um, she's she's given some great goalposts um and just some great guidelines so yeah that's that that may be her legacy awesome well i think that's a really good place to stop cool yeah (laughs) this is great man i'm i'm so excited about this stuff i like i said i just i love her music and I still remember I will I will never forget finding that record and being like and think and I remember when I first heard it it was like how is this not because I don't know, it felt like at that point, like back in 2010, it wasn't sort of one of those kind of white whale kind of, you know, like I was, it was, yeah. And I don't know, there's just certain like, like German, like ambient synth music is like my heroin or something. <laughs> like that was in it, and it, but it, and so the thing I loved about her stuff though, is it was like, it touched on that, but it was something else. Yeah, and it and that something else is what made it just ah, uh, I couldn't get enough. So yeah, well, I think she would appreciate that. She was a big fan of all the German kind of cosmic music, but 
she filtered it in her own way, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm glad that you picked that up. I hope that people, I pe- hope that people can pick up this record and like have the, the same experience that we did and just be I like, know. this is, this is cool. This is a portal. I know. I, yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, there's, I don't know the music industry in 2023 is a fucking <laughs> yeah well the whole thing but, but and uh, that's why we why we'd like to exist outside of it right yeah this, exactly uh i think i think people i don't know you never know i think people will if people hear it they'll respond to it it's always the thing is getting people to hear it <laughs> absolutely that's our job yeah well cool well i can't wait to see what's next like these crazy ideas so um I'm guessing like this is all off the record. I'm guessing this is not going to be the last we hopefully hear of Pauline Anastrom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, on the record, uh, Marta, uh, who, who mixed these records is playing, um, the music of Pauline Anastrom mm. at like guess who next month. Um, so she's Marta performs with, um, tape, uh machines like when when she plays around music so she Mm -hmm. is going to be using the source recordings to like kind of like channel oh wow performance of uh paula's music holy uh, crap yeah which is cool i think uh yeah like there was no one no one else that could do it but but marta because of her relationship um right but yeah i mean like the holographic lizards that float above the audience that Paula wanted to see that might take a little bit longer. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So we have a lot of great stuff to, to, yeah, to work on. Well, that's cool. I hope that performance gets recorded. Like Mart, I, Marta's last solo record is unbelievable. Yeah. So to hear her take that material and kind of filter it through her process. Holy. Yeah. I know. It's going to be special for sure. All right, y'all. That's it for today. That's it for this week. This is a fun one. I really like having these um, seltzer salon conversations as part of this. It makes so much more sense. Next week will be Marcus Floats, which that one was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, I talked about his record on here a couple weeks ago. As always, you can find me all over the goddamn internet. Slip for Foxy Digitalis. Holler at me. Send me an email. Send me a voicemail. All those things. Just, you know, say hello. Um, you can also find me and Foxy Digitalis on Patreon, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. Really appreciate everybody who signed up for the Patreon over the last years and recently and forever and all that because the that support just is vital to keeping the site going and keeping stuff like this happening. So thank you. And if you aren't a member and are thinking about it, hey, there you go. Good Christmas present to yourself. How about that? Um but yeah, you get lots of cool stuff over there. I'm always sharing new music and advance. You get songs of our lives a week early uh, and they're longer because there's a whole extra Patreon section that is often um, a lot of fun. The Patrick Sharishi episode, we ask the hard questions like what the fuck is a Wonderwall? So anyway, all right, that is it. I'm going to be quiet and go do something else. 
But until next time, always remember, never forget, sound is for everyone. Thank you.